Okay. You mind, you mind if I call you Jonathan Junebug? Which one you want me to call? That's fine. Right. Hey man, whatever, whatever hits the spirit. Cast yeah. beginning. All right. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Relationship Stuff One on One Podcast. Here on this Saturday morning, October 9th, 2021. I am joined by two gentlemen uh, from the Black Men Ventu Podcast. I have Jonathan and Leon Davis. Gentlemen, what's going on? Hey man, everything's good, man. All right. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? All right, doing good, doing good. So, guys, um, make sure you do do, uh, do yourselves a favor and check these gentlemen out. They just started their podcast up. It's a new upcoming podcast um, where black men can go share their thoughts, share their emotions, you know, and share many different things to help elevate us as a black people. So, make sure you go check those guys out over there on Spotify or wherever you can find your podcast. Also, guys, as you're doing that too, make sure you check out the Relationship Stuff One-on-One podcast. Try, let's try to get to at least a thousand monthly listeners by the uh, end of this year. And let's try to excuse, excuse, let's try to get to a hundred monthly listeners by the end of this year. And let's try to get to at least a thousand by the uh, the end of next year. So, this podcast this morning is going to be called uh, "Grief in a Black Man." That's the name of the podcast this morning, and we're going to speak with. Uh, Jonathan and Leon about grief and how they deal with grief this morning. So Leon, I'm going to start with you. Right. Um, you lost your dad and that's what we're going, we're speaking about this morning. What can you tell me about your dad? Hey man, my dad was a, uh, he was a quiet person. Uh, he was a uh, well-known figure in our community in which I grew up in. Uh, he was a hard worker. He always worked hard, man, to provide for the family. Um, like I said, and again, just a, not a lot of words, man, until he got into the church sector. He was uh, he was a deacon and a trustee in his church, man, and held a lot of uh, auxiliary leadership roles. And uh, in the church sector, that was his that was his uh, that was his niche. You know, everybody knew him in the church sector, man, because. One thing about my father, he was he was like a prince. If he said he came to a program and it started at eight, and if he was at your church and it didn't start at eight, he was gonna get up and start it at eight. You know what I'm saying? He didn't he didn't play around with that man. He was always on time. So I don't know where I got my procrastination from. It didn't come from him. It must came from my mama. <laughs> but anyway, that brother man was always on time. But like I said, and and, and back in them days, man. Uh, it's depending on what type of family you grew up in. Where he he was not a lot of lot of lovey dovey stuff, but I knew he loved me because he went to work every day. He uh he made sure I had everything I needed as far as the home was concerned, food, clothing, shelter, all of that. And most of all, I watched him love my mama, man. He loved on my mama, man. I, and he showed me how a man should love a woman. You know what I'm saying? So that's the type, that's the type of dude he was, man. Is it safe? To, is it safe to say that when it came to dealing with situations, he was ten toes down? Oh, as we hear it said nowadays. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Without a doubt, man. He, hey, if the house had 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 a need or had a concern, hey, he, dude was gonna take care of that, man. He was gonna take care of that. He wouldn't. He wouldn't wait no mama. He wouldn't. And he didn't take my advice. He was gonna take care of that, whatever it was. With having that that ten toes down attitude, and with having that, you really stand forth and. The attitude that a lot of people are not used to nowadays. What are some of your fondest childhood memories of your dad and spending time with him? 
man, spending time with him, like like I said, uh, you know, doing church functions, man, uh, just being around the house, man. Hey, uh, you know, my mama was kind of like the jokester, man. So if my kids got in that jokester in them, that's where they got that from my mama, man. So my mom would be doing a little funny stuff, man, and hear that dude laugh, man, like he in Santa Claus laugh, you know what I'm saying? That dude, and he was kind of a, a, a physically big dude in that time, you know, like 6'2", maybe 240, 250. That was big back then, but now that's like an average dude in these days, you know what I'm saying? But back then, like huge, man. So, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't, I wasn't afraid of him, but I knew if I got out of pocket, man, I knew what time it was, you know what I'm saying? So. But like I said, he was a, uh, he was a, uh, uh, it was just like, I remember him being like laughing, man, and being with my mama, just doing family stuff. But most of all, I'm gonna tell you the one thing I really remember, man, that uh, really is one of the, one of the greatest memories I ever had. And this is strange to me, but I don't know how many people get a chance to encounter this. But I remember one time we was going to the church for something, I think maybe to cut the grass or something. Like I said, he just, his life was church, you know what I'm saying? But he, he loved us, but his life was part of the church. But I remember, man, just being in the truck with that dude, man, and just riding with him and just watching him drive and just watching him be a man. We never even exchanged no words, man. Just watching him, just be daddy, man. That was one of the, one of the most fondest things that I remember. And I'm like, that's, that seems kind of strange, but that was one of my fondest memories, man. Memories, man. It's just watching that guy drive a truck, uh, you know, making sure I was all right and taking care of his business, man. And I'm like, you know, that was cool though. You know what I'm saying? Right, I understood exactly what you're saying. And, and, and being in that, that peace, you know, riding down the highway, riding down the street, wherever you guys was heading, you know, being in that peace of mind, that's, you know, that's probably where he found his calm. And that's mm -hmm. probably where he found patience and his, you know, his desire to do what he did next. So with that being, what's one of the most powerful things that he left you with? Like he said to you in one of those moments or, you know, in one of the times that y'all sat around each other and y'all shared time together. What's one of the most powerful things that he put on you that you carry today? And like I said, you know, it was, he was not a real vocal dude, man. But one of the things that I just remember, man, is just watching him again, just be a man. You know what I'm saying? Again, he never really said too much as far as like giving me advice. Never like, I'll give an example. Like if I got in trouble or something, you know, of course he gonna speak to that. You know what I'm saying? Or if I'm in church, he's gonna speak to the type of etiquette that it took to be in a church, you know, he's gonna speak to that. But as far as a lot of like life, like we do it like in this age, people drop dimes all the time as far as uh, 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 like, like, like uh, phrases or whatever. He didn't yes. drop a lot of phrases, man. But what I remember again is I watched that man always be at home with his wife and his kids and always made sure that we had what we needed. And when he was committed to something, he was all in. I'm talking about if he put his name on the line and he said that he was on the team, he was on the team, man. He didn't play with that. So if nothing else, he didn't give me a lot of vocal stuff, a lot of a lot of uh, punch lines or whatever. But what he gave me were the examples of how to be a man, how to take care of your home, man, and how to be dedicated and committed to whatever you put your name on. Right, because with me and my grandfather, as we mentioned in the conversation, mm -hmm. me and my grandfather was something like that. He wasn't really vocal. Mm -hmm. You know, like he spoke to me, you know, about things that I asked him questions about. Right. But for the most right. part, 
he was not that vocal, you know. And right. I believe a lot of the men back then were more steadfast, and there's yeah. just they just were like things for us to emulate and look at, yeah. sort of like superheroes. Yes, you, know, you see a superhero on TV, you can't really speak to them, but you admire them. Yes, for everything that they bring to you, and That's for everything that they are that they they are. Um, as time went on, and as you grew older, and as his time, you know, gracing this planet started to started to diminish what do you remember as that time became closer to you know to the moment that you know we don't think will ever happen man one thing i remember man and this is real hard man <laughs> uh you know i miss my father a lot man so when i think about this stuff it still kind of hurt man it still kind of hurt to even think about it man and uh as i've learned over the years nobody can put a timetable on your grief experience you know what i'm saying right. so and one thing i learned about death is you never truly get over it but you get past it you know what i'm saying yes. but it's always with you you know what i'm saying especially if you yes. love the person so what i remember man on that perspective from the question you just asked is that i remember my father was hard-headed now that's one thing i can say he was a hard-headed brother but you know that's way bros were back then man like i said if they stood on something they just stood on so his health man started declining he was a diabetic and uh as his health started declining he uh he you know he got he got sick and uh the doctors had told him man that he needed to change his diet and stuff so i don't i don't know if you can remember this or uh, can relate to it if you had anybody in your family back in those times that uh could relate to this but back then they wanted him to change his diet to a diabetic diet so you talking about somebody, man, that's grown up on ton of greens and beans and fried chicken and bacon yeah. in the morning and ham and all that stuff. And now you putting me on this, this candy with no food, no taste, this food, man, that has no taste. And back then they were just embarking on the kind of diets and stuff that they got. Now they kind of, the stuff kind of tastes good now, but back then everything was bland. So in <laughs> his age, that was a hard, switch over so you know he just he just he he never could really get that piece so basically he cheated you know what i'm saying you know they wanted him to be on this certain diet and dude was like nah man i'm i'm just gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna eat what i eat man you know what i'm saying i'm just i'm sorry yeah. i'm gonna eat what i eat and i remember my mama telling him this too she told him she said uh it's tough man when i ain't think about it but uh she told him she said you're gonna dig your grave with your mouth and that's basically what he did man but you know but at the end of the day, outside of that, he still was that dude, man, because he had his leg amputated. So once he had his right leg amputated, you know, most guys would have been like, oh, I'm done, man. I'm, I'm talking about this over. Hey, man, let me show you the type of fortitude and how type of uh, mindset this dude had to provide for his family. He, he couldn't work his regular job no more because he was a construction worker. He built houses and stuff. And that's another story I had to tell you about the house he built that uh, that's still standing right now built it way back in the early late like early 50s and the house still standing strong right now but that's so but what happened was he got he had so he got laid off his job because he couldn't work no more hey man that dude got that leg man he got a you know amputee leg got the leg prosthetic leg whatever and uh from that point that guy learned how to drive like he was driving he drove trucks so he started driving cars he got him a job man with my uncle my uncle owned the cab station in my town got a job at the cab station dude and kept on working man 
kept on bringing them funds in, man. So he, and then look, went on that job and became one of the most popular dudes on that job. Cause he's always a, he was a friendly dude. So everybody liked him, man. He was an imposing figure. So, you know, when you saw him coming, here he come, you know, here come Mr. Yeah. Davis, you know what I'm saying? Well, he wasn't that overbearing type dude. He was just that type of dude that you like, he coming, but you, like you said, like you said earlier, you feel that peace, man. So with that being said, man, that guy, man, he kept on working, even though he was sick, man. He kept on working, kept on providing. And even up to the last day, I remember this, man. This is the last time I saw my father. I came home from college, man. And uh, he was sitting on the side of the bed because my mom told me that he could not sleep laying down because of the uh, the inflammation that was gathering around his heart. When he laid down, it kind of choked him out. You know what I'm saying? So he was sitting on the side of the bed again, non-vocal, not saying too much. And I was telling him I was getting ready to go back to college. And here, 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 here come me now trying to give him some advice. And I was like, man, just hang on, man, and do the best you can. And uh, hopefully I get a chance to see you when I come back, man. So that was really like the last conversation I had with my father, man. I was just trying to encourage him. Just hang in there, man. You know what I'm saying? Don't give up, man. And uh, man, about a month after that, man, that dude had gone on, man. Yep, but uh, that's what I remember, man, is he never gave up, regardless of what life hit him with. He kept on, he, he stayed on his post, man, as long as he could. Wow. Because, I mean, with, I mean with, with all of that, you know, being how it went, um, you know, we tend to think that the person is not really connecting with us at that moment. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, that, that follows us for a long time. You know, because for the longest, I don't know if that bothered you that did he actually understand what I said to him that day? Did he feel what I said to him Man. as I sat next to him and, you know, gave him that the words of encouragement? Yeah. You know, did it mean anything to him? Mm -hmm. I know that, you know, that bothers you. Um, Like, with my, with my, like, give you a quick story. When mm -hmm. my grandfather started to come to, you know, his uh, early demise, as I call it, mm -hmm. He for all throughout my whole life, my grandfather, like I said, guided me either directly or indirectly, as we just basically mentioned. Mm -hmm. So when he went into the hospital, I didn't do my job as going to see him mm -hmm. as the job he did with me, where mm -hmm. he would come see me if I was in the hospital. Mm -hmm. So when I finally did see him, he was in a state of limbo. But basically, he was not here in the you know in the physical, but he was still here. He was still here physically, excuse me, but right. not here mentally. Right, right. And I said some things to him, which I hoped that he heard, but of course I didn't get anything in return. Mm. So for years, we go on hoping and wishing that we were heard in some, some ways, shape or form. When we have a strong belief in religion, you understand, we have this conversation now and we know that those words are reaching where they need to go at this current, this current uh, function. Yes. So dealing with that, how did you deal with that? You may have indirectly answered this question. How did you deal with that going forward and how do you deal with it now? Uh, hey man. Uh mm, boy, woo, mm. Um mm, it still hurt, man. Yeah, that hurt. Mm. Uh, when I found out, man, that my father had passed, 
at first it didn't it didn't sink in man it didn't sink in because i was at school i was at tennessee state you know the life at tennessee state so that's what i was in so it didn't sink in at the time but uh when my mom called me they called me i was at work i worked at walmart out there on charlotte man back in the day and i was at i was at work man you know doing my thing trying to make my little chips man so i could do what i wanted to do you know what i'm saying and uh you know and uh as she called and told me it didn't sink in man because i was like you know back in them times man, like you said the superhero syndrome i'm right. thinking my daddy can't be dead man she must mean he in the hospital maybe he is maybe he's in a coma or something but he ain't he ain't, he not dead not my daddy ain't nowhere in the world that dude that dude strong as a brick house man ain't no way he dead man so it didn't sink in man you know what i'm saying so once i got myself together i got my little you know got him a little car man they always provide like i said dad always provide had a little car in tennessee they little hooped it but it still got me where i need to go and it could go back it could go all the way to georgia where i live there so i let you know how he kept them hoopers going, man. But uh, got him a little car, man. Went on down to Georgia, and uh, my mama said, "Yeah, you know, daddy gone this, that, and the third, man." I'm like, "What?" And uh, still went, it still wasn't sinking in. Then she said, "She said you can go up there and see his body at the funeral home." That's when it started hitting. It mm. started, yeah, man. When she said that, you know, you can go up to the funeral home and see his body. I'm like, okay, hey, man. I walked in that funeral home, dude. When I walked in that funeral home and saw my dad laying down in that casket, man, I lost it. You know what I'm saying? I literally lost it, man. I ran out of that funeral home, man. I never forget this, man. I remember just the plane is yesterday. That's the reason it's hitting so tough on me right now. I ran out of that funeral home, man, and ran to the back of the funeral home, crawled up in a knot and just cried, man. I don't even know how long I was back there. I don't even know if anybody came to look for me or whatever, man. I don't even know none of that, man. All I know is I ran to the back of that funeral home in a little, and got in a fetal position, man, and just cried. Because it, it all came down then, man. You know what I'm saying? It all came down then. But uh, And then I remember once I kind of got myself together, I kind of went back in there, and I touched him on his head, man. Because, you know, they always told you, old, old people tell you back in the day, if you, if you don't want to be scared of dead bodies, touch them touch him you know what i'm saying and i touched his head man and his head was cold as a block of ice dude i knew it was i knew it was over then because you know after all that crying i'm going back in the funeral home thinking you know that still might not be it he might something might happen some miracle because you know like you said a religion thing god was resurrected jesus got up on the third day all that i'm like man he might get up it might be a miracle something might happen you know what i'm saying so i go back in now you know getting up man Touched him on the forehead, cold as ice. So from that point, Sha, and I think me and you talked about it, man. That's when, man, I start. I'm just gonna be honest with you, man. When I got back, you know, after I, 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 me and my mom went through everything, got everything together, went through the funeral, funeral process, all that, watching my mama be broke down, man, losing her, lo losing her spouse of so many years, man. Dude, it hit me in a way where I was mad at the world, man. I was mad at the world, dude. I wasn't depressed. I was mad, man. And I'm going to be honest with you. I was mad at God, man. I was mad at God. My thing was, why would you take this man, one of your most faithful servants in your church, why would you take this man and leave all these other local jokers down here? All these jokers ain't doing nothing. 
they on the streets ain't doing nothing. They ain't doing nothing for their life. They ain't doing that with their family. Why would you take this dude and not take and take my dad? I was hot, man. I was hot at God. You know what I'm saying? Right. So my so my reaction was when I got back to Nashville, man, grades start failing. Didn't get really kicked out of school, but got to the point where I was just taking one class or one class a semester. You know what I'm saying? Just to say that I was on the Tennessee State uh, roster or whatever. But dude, I started wilding out, man. I was doing any and everything that I could to numb the pain. You know what I'm saying? Drinking, smoking, sexing, fighting, all that stuff, man. Trying to numb the pain. You know what I'm saying? And uh, thank God for my uncle, man. I wish my uncle listened to podcasts, man. I always get that dude a shout out, man. But I thank God for that, brother, man. Every time I went home, though, during this phase, this phase, this phase lasts for about five years for me. This phase lasts for about five years. That's why I was for about five years. Just didn't care, man. Didn't, didn't care if I got shot, man. Didn't, none of that stuff didn't even matter, man. You know what I'm saying? Not even, and, and, and now that I look back on that, man, that was me being selfish. Because I wasn't thinking about it, I still had a mother. I wasn't thinking about that. that, that I, what if something would have happened to me she had to bury her son, too? I wasn't thinking about that, man. Thinking about me. Thinking about my hurt. You know what I'm saying? But I always had a, I had an uncle, man, that every time I went home, man, that some kind of way I'd run across that brother, I would see that brother, and he would say, what you doing up there in Tennessee? And I'd tell him what I was doing. He was like, man, you can do that anyway. What you doing about school? You know what I'm saying? And, and every time I saw that dude, that's how he would always come at me. Matter of fact, when I used to go home, I'd try to dodge him. Try to try not to see him, you know what I'm saying? But my mama would be like, go over there and see your uncle. You know what I'm saying? Go over there and holler at your uncle. I had another uncle, he passed. His name was uh Uncle James. And Uncle James was he was in my own in my corner too, man. And she like she'd be like, I always go go there and holler at your uncle. So I'm going over there to holler at Uncle James. I'm not trying to see Uncle Mel, I'm trying to hide from this dude. But he was that dude that was always in my ear. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? It finally clicked, Shy. It finally clicked what I just told you. What if my mama had to bury me? Then what? Then what's gonna happen? So when I thought about it from that perspective, something just clicked, man. I don't. I, I had to thank God for for not taking me out. I thank God for allowing me to persevere through that foolish stage, through that selfish stage. And He finally clicked in my in my spirit, dude. You got to do what they sent you up in to do. If you want to honor your father's legacy, do what he sent you up in to do. Complete the task. That's when I went on, man, to finish school then, man. But uh, it was rough, man. That was a five-year period that I haven't forgotten. I, I don't know if I even told my son this, man. But if I, if I haven't told him, man, now he know. You know what I'm saying? But that stuff hurt, man. It, hey, dude, yeah. it hurt, man. So that's the reason we trying to give back on our podcast, man, because of what I went through, man. You know what I'm saying? And just trying to give guys a different perspective. Definitely, I appreciate what you do, Shaq. And I'm going to say you. this, too, man, before, while I'm flowing. I appreciate you, man, for pushing me and pushing my son, man, to go ahead and do the podcast thing. Praise God. Yeah. Thank yeah, you, man. I say, man, you like my mentor, dude, in the podcast world. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, as you flow, as you was flowing, and I want, I want to see if you relate to this real quick. And uh, I want to give you my, my story, as I, as I mentioned to you. Mm -hmm. When my when I first learned about my grandfather passing, you know, like you said, what? No, mm -hmm. Iron Man can't die. Like Wait, Iron Man doesn't die. No way. You know, yeah, yeah. Superman don't get killed. Right, right. <laughs> but Doom showed us something different. Mm. You know, Doom is the guy who killed Superman. Right, right. You know, he showed us that Superman can be killed. 
Mm-hmm. So this disease that my grandfather had was doomed. Mm. So when they told me he's not gonna live, it, it like it's no, come on now. Mm-hmm. So I had a moment, I went downstairs in the basement, went to his room and I sat on the bed and that's where I had my moment. I thought about everything. Mm-hmm. All the memories came hitting me at one time. Mm-hmm. So I just, you know, breathed in deep. It was like he had a conversation with me, like he used to. Mm-hmm. There's no need for you to sit down here and grieve me. Go right. back upstairs, find out what they're doing. Right. Make sure that nobody's going crazy up there. By the time I got back up there, things was getting a little bananas because wow. this is the head of the household. Mm-hmm. And like I mentioned to you, when you cut off the head of any animal, the mm-hmm. body is just going to go bananas. Oh my God, man. You just don't know how deep that go what you just said, man. You know, any animal, you cut their head off, the body's going bananas. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and the thing that's a fortunate thing for us is that when you take the head of a family, we can all transform into the body, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and keep it, keep things together. That's the fortunate thing. Right. And that's what I feel like that indirect conversation was to me. Mm-hmm. Like a torch was passed to me. So when I hit the church, mm-hmm. you know, suit, shades, and I saw him near laying in a casket, that's when, it, like you said, no, this is what it is. Yeah, man. Like, yeah. It's over. Yeah, man. You know? Hey, man. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, in that moment, thank God for my uncle being there at the time. My ne- my cousins was there and a friend of mine was there. Mm-hmm. So I believe all of that support that I had, you know, kept yeah. me together. But yeah. what, what really kept me from breaking down was the indirect conversations that I kept hearing from him. Mm-hmm. No, you got to be strong. You got to go on. You got to move on. Mm-hmm. You know, crying over me is not going to get you nowhere. It's not going to, you know, push. but I'm still, like you said, I'm still pissed. I mean, even though you're, I'm getting this indirect conversation, <laughs> I would love to have that conversation directly. Right. I would love for you to rise up out of that coffin and talk to Come me. On, you mm-hmm. know, and I remember his coffin was sky blue. You know, I would like for you to rise up out of this sky blue box, mm-hmm. you know, and start talking to me. Yes. You know, so we can walk out of here and go somewhere and get some ice cream, a milkshake like we used to. Yeah. You know, let's go to Burger King, grab a burger. Yeah, man. You, know, you you asked me for some of my drink like you used to. Let's just have one of those moments. Yeah, man. All of that yeah, is man. all of that's hitting you at one time. And I believe the reason, like I said, that in that church I didn't break down was because my friend consistently kept making me laugh. Mm-hmm. My most memorable moment was when I spoke at his eulogy. Mm, that was big. And what I, what I remember saying, my uncles used to say a story to me about my grandfather, because I used to follow him everywhere, mm-hmm. uh, that he had a car, and when the car used to back out, he used to go, do 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 And they said that I would scream his name and say, you know, can I come with you? You know, can I go with you every time? So in that, of course, I took that and I said, you know, I tapped this casket mm-hmm. and said, I don't want to go with you now. Mm. You know, but mm. I'll see you one day. Come so on. even though I followed you all the time, on, even man. though I was always going everywhere you went, mm. I'm not gonna follow you here. Right. It's me telling myself too, there's gonna be no suicidal mm. thoughts. There's gonna be no thoughts of trying to get in the casket with him and go where he went. Right. But right. when we talk about anger and being pissed, like I yeah. mentioned to you, I wore yeah. nothing but black from 2000 yeah. to 2009. Yeah. Black. It was all black everything. 
So that's nine years, man, of just yes. this state, man. Yeah. Yes. I, I, I finally, I didn't finally break down and have a moment until 2010. Mm-hmm. I was riding down the highway, riding down 24, mm-hmm. listening to I Wish. Mm-hmm. I pulled over the side of the road and just broke down. Yeah. That's when it hit me, 10 years later. That's when the release came. Yes. So for 10 years, I was like you said, I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, abusing drugs and, you know, uh, abusing women, but my thought process was strictly, you know, I wish somebody would. <laughs> and this this black color is this black color is inviting you to put yourself where I would put you, yeah. you know, if you was to mess with me. Yeah, exactly. That's what this is signifying. But I didn't know it. My wife was the one to shake me and say, "You shouldn't be thinking like that. You shouldn't, you know." We're, we're colors as y'all see I got on yellow now yeah you know yeah. she was the one who brought me into having colors before then black and gray yeah man you know even my daughter would ask me what's your favorite color black and gray why wow. black I don't know wow but it's the darkness yeah you see it's yeah. that it's that cloud that you hold over you for yeah. so long so yeah. I could say my wife brought a white cloud over spread that cloud open and then the sun came through Come hit on, me man. and finally I'm awake come on man yeah. Come on, man. You see, that's yeah. Right. So, big. you know that, that you know that it's just you know you you find yourself again. Yeah. And, and like I said, I hear my grandfather all over and over and over again. Yeah. That's the guy that I have to be who I am, to be the person yeah. that I am, steadfast, respectful. You know, yeah. I'll get to a point where I'm like I said, we like we said, I'm standing just like that figure to yeah. my sons, to my daughter. Yeah. You know, when they talking to me, and I'm giving them that same energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, so now stray too far away from what we're talking about here this morning. If you was to have a conversation with your dad, because mm-hmm. I know what I would say to my grandfather, if I was to see him now and I would let him know about everything I'm doing, let him know about the podcast, I would let him know about the books I have coming out, mm-hmm. I'll let him know about the clothes design, I'll let him know how my children are doing, yeah. how I'm working on getting the house, and how I'm doing everything that he would be proud of. Yeah. If you was to have a conversation with your dad, what would you tell him? One thing I tell him, man, is because uh, I know in those fleeting moments, man, he had to think that I'm getting ready to leave my son. I'm getting ready to leave my wife. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I, I don't I don't know what it's like. I've heard it. I've heard people go through that experience then be able to come back. But I would think over those moments, man, he probably was wondering, will we be all right? Will his wife and his son be all right? And I would like to tell him, man, I, if I could tell him that we all right, you know what I'm saying? That you you did a good job. You did a good job of being a man. You did a good job of being a father. You did a good job of being a provider. And you didn't leave us in bad hands because you left us in the Lord's hand. You showed us how to make it with a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what you showed us. You showed us that in your living. You showed us that in your giving. You showed us that in your providing. Everything that you did, led to us understanding who Jesus was, you know what I'm saying? So right. that's he pointed us to Jesus because that's what we needed when when, when he passed away. But like you just said, the, the patriarch of the family was gone. He was the patriarch. He was that dude. He gone. Now what we gonna do? So me and my mom, man, because you know, I'm my only child, but we, we picked up the pieces, man, and kept it moving, but it wasn't easy, man. And, and me, I, I remember me and my mother made a vow, man, that uh, she was like, Cause she was, you know, she was, she was, she was a grieving also, but she said, I'm not going to sit around this house. 
She said, I'm getting ready to get me a job. And lo and behold, man, the woman got a job and worked that job for like 20 something years. And she was like 60 something when she got the yeah. job. You know what I'm saying? Wow. That, that helped her, man, you know what I'm saying? So I would tell my father that he did a great job. I'm gonna tell you this right quick, then I'm gonna shut it down. i shut this piece, this piece of my explanation down. But remember me and you was talking about this the other day. And we was talking about that time when I told you I heard that story about Charles Stanley. And a guy yes. interviewed Charles Stanley, asked him, asked Charles Stanley, uh, how will he equate his uh his uh, success in his ministry? And Charles Stanley said, you know, they wanted him to talk about in touch ministries, all that stuff he got going on in Atlanta. All the all the picture taking he does. He got a lot of successful stuff that he does. So they was waiting on that answer. But he gave my answer, man. It was so profound that me and you both were like, you know, when I told you, yes. you was like, what? Well, I'm going to tell you now. Just what he said. He said, I will tell you how successful I was when I see when when I see how my grandkids turn out. That's how I knew how successful yes. I was. So I would tell my daddy that your grandkids are doing fine. That's how I know that you did a good job. Yes, and and as we talk about his grandchildren, that merges us perfectly into Jonathan's questions. Um, Jonathan, as I uh, address you as a, in the first meeting, as us meeting each other for the first time, and mm -hmm. you know, sorry, we had to meet with in, in such a way in which you had to share moments that are feel feel real personal to you. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> what were your first? thoughts from your dad when he first told you about your granddad what was the first conversation you remember him having with you about your granddad to be honest with you um it was a split it was almost a mirrored conversation of what you guys just had um it, it not too much of what my my pops just said i have not heard and um it, it just leads me to the to the emphasis of like, man, I wish I could have met him, you know, but I think the interesting thing about genetics and about, um, you know, your family and your background, I think I'm seeing my granddad, my granddad through my pops, mm -hmm. you know, um, and, I, and I, I don't know if he realizes that, but just from, you know, granddad to grandkid standpoint, from a from pops to son standpoint, I think the legacy that my granddad left uh, within my dad, he's living that out, you know, um, literally everything that he just shared with, with you guys and your audience, you know, um, he's definitely shared it with me. And I think that just ties into, and, um, I think it just ties into the emotion, um, you know, that he's still kind of dealing with the grief, even, you know, 20, 30 years later, you know what I'm saying? And I think just as black men, as he said, you know, you get, you get through grieving, but you don't necessarily get past it. And I think one of the ways that uh, my pops has probably gotten past it in his own way is the support. I mean, I think you mentioned it, uh, Shy, you know what I'm saying, that, that you, you guys, uh, I'm not married, <laughs> but you guys have wives, you know, yes. and, 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 and that was the biggest thing that I'm hearing from both of you guys that um, essentially kind of not necessarily got rid of the pain, but numbed it in a way that you were able to funnel into what you do today, you know, podcasting. Um, making sure that you're there for your children and um, stuff like that, man. So I think the legacy, uh, the legend behind the, the patriarch name, you know, of these guys that y'all mentioned is living. Um, it's, living it's literally living through you guys. And um, I think that's the beautiful thing about, you know, just the fact that I didn't get to meet him, but in my own way, I'm getting to see how his legacy is being lived on through my pops. 
Oh, okay, because indirectly, I mean, as we merge into question number two, you you slightly answered uh, question number two. From so as you analyze your pops and as you came of age, did you notice a lot of things that you told that he told you his dad did that he did as well as you came into your teenage years and uh, further on? Oh yeah, definitely, man. Um, especially within the the church realm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm big on spirituality and uh, big on religion. You know, I think it's a difference between the two, but I think both of them tie into, you know, what, what I know today. And, um, he just told me a lot about, um, you know, how my granddad, you know, would come into church, man. And like, he would just, he would just own the air, so to speak. Like, he was, you know, being a deacon in the church, you knew he was there when he was there and you knew he wasn't there when he wasn't there. And, um, just at our church. Uh, St. James Missionary Baptist Church, just where we're at, is so interesting. But um, my dad, you know, uh, he's an associate minister at the church, and the church members, if he's not there, they'll ask me, hey, Joe, but where your dad at? I'm like, in his skin? Like, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's just, you know, and I'm not saying that out of disrespect. I'm just saying that because that's the impact that uh, my pops has provided even in the church. And um, again, that is the impact that his pops provided in his church. So it's just interesting to see that, you know, when my dad is there at church, everybody knows he's there. You know, um, he has his form of uh, praise and worship that when, when he's there, you know, he's there. And then when he's not there, you know what I mean? It's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, we still channel into God and channel into everything, but it's like, man, something's missing. You know, just within the, the congregation, just within the worship experience, you know. So um, I think that's that's one of the things, man, that, you know, um, again, just emphasizes the legacy. Um, that's one of the things, man, that his dad, my granddad did. And I'm able to literally see that, man, just, just through him today. So. Right, right. And, and then we talk about that force that, mm -hmm. that his dad and your granddad had. And we talk about that presence. And when you right. think about that, you can just see if you were able to experience that so if you were able to experience that and you have mm -hmm. both forces how do you think your life would be different today if you were to get to meet your granddad and you had him around as you came up man uh, wow um <laughs> well you know man i'm i'm, I'm you know I'm, I'm not perfect you know so he'll probably he'll probably thump my head a few times man he'll probably slap me on the head a few times with some of the dumb mistakes that I have made. Um, again, mistakes that I've made that have probably followed in the path of mistakes that my dad has made, you know, um, and, and that kind of wherewithal. But uh, man, to have both of them, um, wow, I, I think I would have so much more understanding of my of my my dad's background, you know, just of his childhood, uh, being the only child and growing up, man, in a country town of Georgia, man, where you got red dirt roads and you know what I'm saying, man, like you just really um, I would be able to just see how my dad grew up, you know, through his eyes so to speak, um, you know, and then just having that that extra bit of wisdom um, man, you know, everybody that meets me um, you know, I, I take it I take it kindly, everybody that meets me says I'm an old soul and um, that pretty much stems from me hanging around old people if you will and I think if I had my granddad around uh, that would just be a added crumb to the cookie of who I am today you know um, just, just being able to get that wisdom from him 
And um, just seeing how he moves, you know, just whether he had one leg, two legs, or three legs, you know, I just, I wanted to be able to just see who he was and uh, just kind of meet him again and just understand life from his perspective. The man built a house. Um, during my teenage years, I didn't know how to change a tire. So it's just, it's little stuff, man, you know what I mean? That, that, that you know, that kind of would resonate with me a little bit more if his presence was here. Uh, physically, but nonetheless, man, his presence is through my pops. You know, I don't, I don't know if he sees that or internalizes that, man, um, to what it is today. But um, I'm grateful for, you know, necessarily having him. You know, as long as I as, as I've had him and, and building that relationship through our podcast and just uh, just what we've did up to this point, man. Um, I think we, as black men, not only do we not deal with grief, but we take a lot of things for granted. Yes. Um, you know, um, we take a lot of things for granted, man. And I know those moments, you know, that lasting moment that my dad had with his dad, you know, um, sitting on the bed, you know, that moment might have been taken for granted. He's like, man, yeah, I, I hope to see you next month, you know, and, and, and that might not have been a taken for granted statement, you right. know, but just in its own way, you know, it was like, man, you know, maybe I should have embraced, maybe I should have stayed 10 minutes longer. You know, maybe I, if he would have known what he known, maybe I should have stayed 20 minutes longer. Maybe I should have, I, I, I'd have went back to TSU tomorrow. You know, just this, just those type of things, man. And and just hearing him now, right? And hearing um, just, you know, everything that he said up to this point uh, within our own relationship. I'm trying to do that now. Um, the pandemic, man, if, if, if it hasn't taught your audience and our audience on our podcast, one thing is taught us, man, that life is short. Yes. Life is short, man. So definitely. I mean, and, and speaking with all of that, and we, we talk about the pandemic has also stopped mm -hmm. us from doing a lot of what we wanted to do, stopped us yeah. from accomplishing a lot of the goals that we wanted to accomplish. But in between the pandemic, you guys have created a podcast, and you probably have many other things that you were able to do even with mm -hmm. this pandemic going on and you were yes. able to accomplish and as you say as you and your dad's relationship even grow stronger through the podcast so yes. with that said what else do you wish your granddad was here to see as you develop as a person what do you wish he was here to see that oh, may, man. That may, that may couple the last question i asked what do you wish he was yeah. here to see yeah yeah man um godly you know i'm i'm you know, our pastor says, you know, uh, as a church, we're a small piece of leather, but we well put together, you know, and I'm, um, I feel like that's my life story, man. Like, I'm not perfect, Shy. Like, man, dude, I'm, I'm, I have done a lot, you know, good, bad, and indifferent, you know, and, and I think, man, that my granddad would just be proud of the resiliency. Um, you know, my pops talked about the determination and the perseverance, man, that's in the Davis blood, man. You know what I'm saying? Like this, this, that's in our blood, man, to just, to just keep pushing, man. Like, you know, stop is not an option. And, um, I think he would just be proud of, uh, man, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a two-time graduate. Um, and as a black man, I hold that high, you know, above anything, man, that I do in life. I'm a two-time graduate. Uh, I did my first stint at Nashville State. I got my associate's degree in exercise science. And um, I went to Cumberland University, which is in Lebanon, Tennessee, a PWI, a predominantly white institution. So to have a black man to walk in there, man, and come out with a degree, you know, that's, that's, that's big for me, man. I don't talk about it as much, you know, but I, I really do hold that near and dear to my heart, man. And um, 
I think my granddad would be proud of that. You know, if I'm not mistaken, my granddad did not have education as far as what I had. You know what I mean? So to be able, man, to 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 share that with him, you know, I know that would probably put a smile on his face. Um, how I got into college, uh, man, it's such a big testimony, man. I don't want to take too much of the segment time, but to make a long story short, um, I'm a bowler. Um, a lot of people don't bowl. You know, that's one of those things that's looked at as a hobby, you know, and not necessarily a sport. But to make it a long story short, man, um, dude, I, I, I through networking, through praying, through manifesting, through practice uh been doing it man since i was seven years old man and, and, and probably six or seven years old and i'm 25 now so we're talking man almost 20 years old man i got an eight thousand dollar scholarship dude like to, wow. to bowl at cumberland university man and wow. um you get you get scholarships nowadays for being left-handed you know so like it's plenty of ways to get money, you know, to advance yourself in uh, college, man. And um, I got an $8,000 scholarship, man, to roll a ball down the lane. So just wow. to tell him that, when he right. probably never picked up a bowling ball in his life, you know, to my knowledge, right. um, I think he'd be proud of that, you know, uh, that I was able to defy the odds and uh, live up to the Davis name of, of just mm-hmm. being determined, man, to get a degree, uh, in the words of Malcolm X, by any means necessary, you know, yes. like just this, just just doing that man and um just just persevering and being determined to to get it you know so i think he'd be proud of that man um man i i could if i could throw probably one more thing in there man he'd probably be proud of the fact man that i'm that i'm still trying um you know and and what i mean by that is his wife uh my grandmother her her phrase that she stuck to man almost like almost like white sticking on rice man (laughs) she said that um you can make it if you try. Um, I have that quote on a hat. I have that quote in my room. I have that quote in my heart. Um, you know what I mean? And and that's just a relationship that my dad's mom and dad, which would be my granddad and my grandmother, um, that's the relationship and the type of uh, impact that they had. You can make it if you try. My granddad, you know, from what I'm hearing, uh, he made it with one leg you know for a while you know what i'm saying and 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 and, and you know <laughs> in our generation he thugged it out you know for, yes. for with one leg you know what i mean and that's that's major to me you know i got two legs i don't ha- i shouldn't have a problem you right. know what i mean i shouldn't have a problem with with getting up man going to school going to work man you know and, and, and doing these things that he did you know and uh my grandmother man again just just I, again man i think my granddad would be proud that i went to school that um, you know, I I attached to a outlet, if you will, that allowed me to 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 get a scholarship in school. And again, man, just to wrap it up, man, I think he would be uh appreciative that I listened to his wife, you know, my grandmother, and her uh, you know, her phrasing of uh, you can make it if you try. And that's just something man, that's been in my heart, man, just just as I moved on through life. So yes. And, and, you know, as we honorably hear your mentions, and I salute you and everything, you know, that you're doing and everything that you've done to reach the point that you've come to, you know, to be yes, the sir. man that you're building yourself up to be, that takes mm-hmm. us off of your dad's last, uh, you know, remarks that he made, is that mm-hmm. we know your granddad did a great job by everything you just said. Yes, by sir. seeing yes, his sir. grandson become the man that he wanted to become and know that he did a lot of wrong but become the greatest force that he could be mm-hmm. now with mm-hmm. that said i don't know if you have children if you have the plans on having children but when you do have children 
Mm-hmm. How did you plan mm-hmm. on passing on the legacy of your granddad, your dad, and yourself on to your kids? Yeah, man. I um again to you guys, man, your podcast audience. I, I I'm not married and I don't have kids, man. Um, 25 years of age, just just still trying to figure this thing called life out, man. And um, okay. man, I <laughs> you know I, I I always man. I, I had, if you will, um, and I don't know if my dad's mentioned it, man, or if it's been mentioned. I have a little brother, you okay. know, um, you know, um, Joshua Davis, man, and um, he's 20 years of age. And um, I, to tie that into your question, man, that kind of gave me the superficial image of maybe what it would look like for me to, to be a parent. Not to say that I'm the parent to my little brother, but I can express that same guidance as a parent would to a to a young you know to a child i can express that same um experience level you know uh that a parent would to their child and um just to tie that into your question and um you know i'm i'm patient man patience pays so i'm not trying to have no kids no time so but when i do um you know what i mean i i surely want to carry the legacy man of granddad pops and everything that i've learned into my son, into my daughter, man, and, and and just be able to share with them that the Davis family, man, we can make it if we try. I think that's our that's our pinnacle statement. Um, you know, that again, my grandmother uh implemented. That's our pinnacle statement, man. And and I and that's one thing that I would put into my kids, man, that in elementary school when 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 addition and subtraction is not making sense, or in middle school when when social studies and stuff is not making sense in high school when you get to uh, 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 man, calculus and trigonometry, and then in college, when you get into classes like um, <laughs> psychosocial aspects of movement, you know all these all these different levels of classes that I've had to go through. Right. Son, you got to go through that. You know, yes. baby girl, you got to go through that. But nonetheless, you can make it if you try it. You're gonna have nights where you're gonna cry at night. You know, of like, man, this this. This, this this study guide ain't making sense. This homework ain't making sense. I done cried plenty of nights, but I still got to write that paper. Mm-hmm. You know, I done cried many of nights in college, man, but I still got to study them, you know? And here I am today, man, standing tall on two degrees, man. So it's just it's just a testament to my grandmother's statement, man, is that you can make it if you try. And I think I would instill that in my kids early on. Um, you know, I, I kind of caught that I wouldn't say late, you know, because God is always on time, you know, in his time. Um, so I wouldn't say I caught it late, but um, I caught it, you know, at the time that it was needed to emphasize the impact my life most, you know. So I would put that in my kids' life early, you know, like, again, I would just, I would implement that to them in elementary school, letting them know, you know, hey, you can make it if you try. And um, that statement, man, is 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 not cliche to me. Like, it's, it's, it's really, man, embraced. Um, it's, it's living, man, and it's, it's alive today. That's literally uh, just just as a podcast, how we've gotten to where we are. And um, I'm sure you could probably say the same thing, man. Like even in, in your growth, man, in your podcast, man, you can make it if you try. You know, like you 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 probably had your moments where you know the listeners didn't add up or, or the audience didn't uh, come to what you might have thought it would be early on. Yes. But here you are today, you know, standing tall on your podcast. Here I am today. You know, standing tall on my degrees. Here we are today. You know, as black men being too, um, three months in, man, and just making, making just amazing strides. Um, you know, early on, man. So, just, just that's what I would do, man. Just to give my kids the same advice that was given to me early on, man. Because you can make it if you try. 
Yes. And uh, I mean, I know we, we all collectively can agree. We started this conversation out as sort of like a 58 degree day. It's dark cloud, mm-hmm. really thick overcast. We all know mm-hmm. what that looks like. Mm-hmm. When you walk outside, right. you prep yourself for the rain and you prep right. yourself for the storm. Yeah. However, mm-hmm. as we mm-hmm. walk through in these minutes and in the, in these, and you know, I think we're gracing almost an hour, we gradually yeah. noticed that the temperature went from 58 to 78. Yeah. That thick overcast yeah. Yeah. Uh, automatically started turning mm-hmm. into white clouds. Yeah. Then they started so, turning into those scattered clouds. Y'all know what those scattered mm-hmm. clouds look like in the sky. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, there's mm-hmm. no clouds at all. Oh, the sky man. is bright. Yeah. Yeah. The sun is yeah. shining. We got yeah. t-shirts on now. Yeah. You know, yeah. Right. Sweating. <laughs> they want to go take a dip yeah. and you know yeah. in the water. We feel alive. We feel great. We feel encouraged. We feel strong. Yeah. I know you two can agree that even though we started in a dark place, now we end up in a strong light to carry us forward. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, I mean, this has been a great conversation. I mean, I, I wish we can, you know, carry this on <laughs> for hours and hours on end. Man. You know, so, Man. you know, I want to I thank you two for coming through and gracing me with your stories, gracing me with your family yes, history. Hopefully yes, someone captures this and it inspires, I know it's going to inspire someone somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, who may have not met their grandfather in Jonathan's, in Jonathan's case, who may have mm-hmm. lost their dad yesterday yes. in Leon's case, who may have, yeah. you know, yeah. oh, my superhero is gone. Yeah. How do mm-hmm. I deal with the passing of Superman and how do I not hate Doom for taking him? Mm-hmm. Right. You right. understand? Right. So how yes, do I sir. read the comic pass that on to my son and say hey don't hate doom for the fact that he took superman respect right. the fact that you can always flip back through those pages <laughs> yeah and read those comics from the beginning yeah 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 yes. yeah, yes. yeah. That's so, big. yeah. So, yeah. is that what that said uh gentlemen you know say we're gonna come towards the end of the podcast i want to thank y'all again for joining me thank you mm-hmm. everyone yeah mm-hmm. i salute you too and your development and in your growth and once again, yes, if we've made it this far. Everyone, make sure y'all go check out the Black Men Vent 2 podcast with uh, Leon and Jonathan. Check these guys out. Once again, like you mentioned, in three months, they're doing awesome things. Already been in a magazine, have already been guests on other podcasts. They're guests here today on my podcast. So that's testament that you guys are growing and growing yes, strong. And if you look behind Leon, what does it say? I can do all things through Christ. Who strengthens me? Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sir. And we yes, can do sir. all things through Christ, who strengthens yes, us all. So, I want to thank you, gentlemen, once again. And as I so go zone out as I usually do, I want to thank everyone for checking out the Relationship Stuff One on One podcast here today on October 9th, 2021. I've been your host, Shahir Henderson. And as I always say before I close out with my understanding compared with your understanding, we can create a greater understanding. You've been listening to Relationship Stuff 101 podcast, and I've been your host, Leon Jonathan. Thank you. I salute you two again, and we out of here. Peace. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.